Welcome to the eighth episode of the Cranky Flyer interview. This week's sponsor is Bob's Moving Crates. I don't think that's a real company, actually, but if it was real, it would be rich thanks to Delta's gigantic move at LAX last week. And that is the subject of our podcast today. If you want to be a real sponsor, email me at cf at crankyflyer.com. So as you probably know by now and read on the blog, Delta made the big move last week to go from Terminals 5 and 6 at LAX to Terminals 2 and 3. That meant a whole host of airlines had to move, and it took three different nights to make it happen. I was invited to tag along for the first night, and I talked to people along the way. That's what today is going to be all about, hearing those stories. I got to LAX a little before 10 o'clock. I walked over to this makeshift trailer park that you've probably seen on top of the parking lot outside Terminal 6. That's where Delta set up its command center. It has a whole bunch of different trailers. I walked into one that was sort of a boardroom type of thing, big conference room with tables, and that's where our story begins. I'm here with Morgan Durant from Communications at Delta. We're looking at the countdown to midnight. Oh, that's, Literally. That's, uh, that's and, what we're... And as we record, we're three hours and one minute and away then also, from midnight, of which the the great L.A. terminal migration of all time will ensue. Is that when you officially get the keys at midnight? Like, they, they turn over the keys to you then? <laughs> I don't know if it's anything that's uh, that official, but uh, certainly it's it's go time. So, so below the giant clock here, we have a uh, just a gigantic chart of various flights when they're coming in and, and departing and gates and everything else here, right? That's correct. So I'm looking at today's arrivals into our LAX operation and looking ahead, Maui is the winner winner chicken dinner of the first arrival to our new home over at Terminal 3, set to get in at 448 tomorrow morning at 37A, gate 37A. All right. So, and and we're not we're, you're not going into terminal 2 tomorrow. This is just terminal 3 to start. This is just right. terminal 3. So actually on the wall behind us, Brett, we can go walk over there. There's a little bit more detail on some of the aircraft turns and where they're going and where they're coming from. Um, it's not totally complete. But looking over here, um, yes, there's as soon as that voice in the background said it was time to get started, there was no messing around. People were pretty tense out there, and rightfully so. It was the first night of the move, and they were concerned that everything would go well. But they did have it planned. So we moved over into the delightfully named Pacific Room, which was anything but Pacific. It's where all the invited media had been gathering to get ready to go out into the operation and see what was happening there. And it's in the Pacific Room where our story continues. I'm here with Mary Grady, Managing Director of Media and Public Relations with LAWA, the airport authority here. So Mary has just come in to uh, get with some of the video crew here that is going to be taking shots overnight during the move um, and preparing for having no sleep for a week, right? Yep, that's about right. We're, we're going to document LAX on the move, a really uh, big historical event here at LAX and one that we've been preparing for for a year. And we're all glad it's finally here. We're ready. I'm sure. So, so how are you guys proceeding tonight? You know, obviously, the airlines are doing something. You're coordinating with the airlines, but you also have your own stuff you have to do. So how do you guys approach this tonight? So this is all being done uh, as we have $14 billion worth of construction at an operating airport. 
And when you're talking upwards of, you know, 1,800 or more flights a day, over 200,000 passengers a day, you really have to plan for something like this. And ultimately, the goal is that people not really even notice that it's happened, that it's so smooth that, and they've heard so much about it because we've been communicating it so much that when they come to LAX, they're going to expect to see all these moving trucks and movers and all this stuff in, in reality. What they'll see are a lot of people in vests that say, ask me, and some green shuttles going around. But for the most part, it's business as usual. Well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow if that's how it goes. <laughs> but I think what you'll find out is as we're going through the moves tonight, everything has been planned so well that uh, things will happen the way they're anticipated to happen. If they don't, we've actually tried to plan out every contingency. And then we've tried to come up, okay, what's, how do we mitigate it? How, what's the solution to fixing that? So we've been trying to think through everything that could possibly go wrong. Uh, so. What's one of these worst-case scenarios that you've planned for just in case something were to happen? That planes don't get where they need to be for those first morning flights. Um, you have a fleet of buses ready or something? If uh... we, have buses, we have buses on the airfield ready to move passengers. We have buses um, here in the central terminal area that will move passengers. We have uh, planes tonight that are going to be towed. Uh, so again, so much planning has gone into this that I think if I next time I move my house, I'm going to call the folks at Delta are using to move because they're so good at this. It's going to you're going to shut down the whole neighborhood overnight exactly. to move your house. That'll Bring in the moving trucks. All right. Well, let, let's hope all goes to plan. But thanks, Mary. Appreciate it. Sure. That voice sound familiar to you? Well, here's a fun fact. Mary's the one who does the announcements out by the curb. And yes, I think about the movie Airplane every time I say that. Anyway, wasn't long, maybe closer to 11 or so, where we started to move out toward Terminal 2 and 3. Terminal 3 is where the big move was going to happen that first night, with Delta getting seven gates. So we started there, we went past security, down onto the ramp, and they were going to take us over on the airfield side to Terminal 5, where Delta's existing operation was. But first, I had a couple of minutes to have a chat with someone from Delta about their plans for Terminal 3. So we're standing here in the uh, shadow of Terminal 3 right now. Tell, tell everyone who you are. Uh, my name is Paul Voltreff and I am a program manager for LAX for Delta. So this is the culmination of a lot of work that you've been doing here. Yeah, it is. It's, it's uh, yeah, more than, far more than a year of planning and, and exciting to watch it come together. But now, I mean, we're staring at Terminal 3. I mean, this did need some help. It's, uh... Look, I mean, you've got a good skeleton there, and uh, it needs some help, but it's help that we're going to give it. A 50-year-old skeleton? <laughs> yeah. But I, so, I mean, what can you do in the short run? Obviously, the, the plan is eventually to do big things, but what, right. what can you do in the short run here to kind of improve things you, for people? You've got some... Here, here's here's an upside, right? Right now, T3 is essentially common use. Right. You've got Frontier, you've got Spirit, you've got JetBlue. Uh, and, and when you have several carriers running a common use terminal, and they're all sort of, not fighting, but coexisting, yeah. uh, it's a lot smoother if you have, for example, one carrier in one terminal. We yeah. see this in 5 with Delta today. We see it in 4 with American today. We see it, obviously, in, in 7 with United. So when you have one carrier, Delta, operating in T3, uh, you can sort of harmonize things to give it that aesthetic. You've got the lounge. You can bring all that together with a smooth operation. Is, is there anything that you can do? Oh, moving desks, chairs here. Is there, 
I mean, is, is there anything you can do to the physical structure, or the organization on the inside of, you know, even yeah. how the counters are laid yeah, out? So, so just here in the last couple of weeks, we have new carpeting, which you'll notice if you haven't been in since the carpet's been replaced, even that does does wonders for the aesthetics and for, for the experience. We've changed out the seating in the last week. Okay. And so arranged it in a way that's slightly less dense. Um, but that, again, helps with the aesthetics, helps with the customer experience in the terminal. Right. And so right from the get-go, you can do some things that improve the overall experience. But I guess the other piece is, too, people can be in Terminal 2 if they want to as well. And, of course. And come over here for of their course. flight no, if they need No, that's absolutely to, so. right. Yeah. I mean, it, you will have Delta 1 check-in at Terminal 2. Right. So if people want to utilize that, go to the lounge and then bus behind security to Terminal 3 for departure. So are you going to have a lounge in here? Or are you gonna, lounge. Yeah, so Delta's the loft, taking over you... the, the loft, the Virgin okay. America lounge today. And, and will that be open in the morning, or is that going to So we're, we're phasing that in. It'll be by the end of the week, the move week, that'll be open for passengers. Okay, so yeah. until then... T5 will be up and running until the last night. Okay, got it. Yeah. We're go All right, time to get on the bus. And yes, we were shuffled right onto the bus, and we took off. Now, the bus was taking us just to the other side of the field to Terminal 5. Took a while to get there, I had to dodge a lot of airplanes, it's a busy time of night. But once we got there, we hopped off at gate 51B, and we were going to watch them tow the first aircraft from there over to Terminal 3. This is a 737-900 that had just come in from Honolulu, it was going to do a morning flight out from Terminal 3. While we were there, I had the chance to talk to Bruce, and Bruce was great. Alright, so Bruce, so tell us, so what do you do for Delta? Uh, I'm a member of the uh, tow crew. Uh, we move aircraft uh, from the gates to the hangars, from the hangars to the gates, so that uh, we can have gate space for flights that are coming and going. So we're, we're getting ready to tow this airplane over to Terminal 3, your first airplane over there. What's what's going to be different over there for you know ongoing operations? I believe going over to Terminal 3 is going to be a, a big plus for us as a tow crew and also Delta as a whole because we have a lot more space in order to move, move aircraft and uh, park aircraft and you know, we'll be able to uh, move more efficiently over there. So more efficiently, it's, it's wider, is that what it is, between the terminals, between right? Between the terminals, it's a lot wider, there's more gate space for us to move our equipment in and out of. Um, it's going to feel uh, really refreshing to have all that uh, open space. Maybe you have to do a little less towing then if uh, if you have all those gates. Well, because I love towing so much, I, I don't want to do any less, but it'll definitely be a lot easier for yeah. myself as well as the rest of the tow team. How long have you been working with Delta? Uh, in, on, in June, it'll be 23 years. 23 years. I'm sorry, 20 years. June 23rd, it'll be 20 years. June 23rd, uh, 20 years. All of it's been on the ramp. I uh, started my career at Terminal 2 back in 97. and uh, Oh, with Northwest? With Northwest. Okay. And, and now we're headed back over there. So it's kind of feels like a home going. Um, looking forward to marking 20 years back where I started. Yeah, that's going to be nice. All right, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. At this point, we raced the 737 back, and I have to say we won. Granted, that was on purpose. They wanted us there to be able to get the shot of the airplane being towed in. But once we got back, they took us up into the terminal. Now it's 1, 1.30, something like that. Normally dead inside Terminal 3. And that's my favorite part of this next interview, because there we ran into an exec, one of the VPs that's in charge of LA and the West. 
and you can hear in the background just how busy it is inside there. They were busting their butts to get this thing up and running in just a short couple of hours. All right, so let's start. Let's get your name here. Ranjan Gaswami. And what do you do for Delta? Uh, I'm the vice president here in L.A. and of sales in the West. And so we're standing here in an extremely busy Terminal 3 right now. Your, your new home, your airplane has just pulled up. So how excited are you right now? After 13 months of planning, it is so cool to see a Delta jet at T3. It's so cool to see Delta branding going up in T3. Our new gate area bars being, um, the retaining walls being built. Um, it, this is happening. It's really exciting. It is happening. So, I mean, are, have you been here all night? Have you been kind of... Yeah, what? I've been here all night. All right. And you're going to be here until the morning. I will be here until 9 a.m., yes. At which point you collapse. I might collapse, <laughs> at least for a couple hours at the Hyatt to get some sleep, and then I'll be back. Was oh, that what they did? They, they've got We're rooms at the Hyatt for the Hyatt. people to... Okay. So all of, all of our 200 volunteers are there who are... Our Peach Corps volunteers will be wearing the Ask Me jackets throughout the weekend uh, and into Monday, Tuesday. And um, in addition, the rest of us also have hotel rooms because people are going to be pretty tired. We don't want them driving back home. So you've basically taken the entire Hyatt for Delta. <laughs> We've basically taken the entire Hyatt. Right yes. That's like our our fourth, fifth terminal yeah. at LAX. <laughs> Great, yeah. You will be operating from five exactly. terminals for a brief the Hyatt period. Hyatt is of becoming time. a terminal. So, I, I mean, this, this week is probably going to be a challenge, right? But w once you're done, then it's focused yeah. on the future here. So, um, so I mean, fr from your perspective, you know, what do you think is going to change for people a week from now versus where we are today and, sure. and, you know, into June or something like that? You know, I think you're going to see some changes. For example, this more modern uh, in-seat uh, gatehouse seating with power to come and things that weren't here before. Yeah, but, and I'll say this is impressive. So they put these stickers up yes. on every seat in the last couple hours, I assume, saying power is coming, basically. Totally. Uh, it's part of the whole, you've got to help customers understand what you're doing. And if you explain that to them clearly, I think they definitely are with you for the ride. So that's an example of that. But I think in terms of the main benefits a week from today, it'll really be operational. So by that, I mean we'll have more gates. They'll all be power in gates, so no more coming up short of the gate, you know, switching off the engines and towing in. We'll have dual alley taxiways between two and three, allowing planes to go in and out simultaneously up to 737s, which we don't have on this outside, as you know. It's one in, one out at a time. And we're going to be closer in proximity to the northern runways, uh, which are further westerly set, so um, the taxi time will be a lot shorter than the south side. So all of those things taken together should give us a substantial operating reliability improvement here at LAX. So the message is the operation is going to be smoother, easier, better, terminal is going to be as best you can make it in the short run and then stick around for the long run when it will just keep getting better. That's right. And, and I think also even in the short run you're going to have things like Shake Shack opening up here in Terminal 3, right? The new Starbucks will open here. These bars that we're seeing in the gatehold area of the football uh, here will open in the next couple of months. So there are some proof points that will show new things, even though you're right, the major $1.9 billion build will take us a few years. All right. Thanks, Ranja. Thanks, Brett. Still don't get the Shake Shack thing. That's not an LA thing. Eh, whatever. Anyway, after about 1.30, things really slowed down. Not inside. Everyone was doing their work, but there wasn't much for us to see. So it's time for a break. You remember Morgan from the beginning of this podcast, right? Well, 
we decided to leave the airport for some extracurricular activities. It's late. It's almost 2.30. I'm sitting in my car here. And it's actually not that late. To me, on my body clock, it's about 5.30 a.m. So really, it's just, you know, it's time to get up and get the day going. That's right. It was, we're, uh, things have slowed down. It's all going well. So there's not much to do right now. What we're really waiting for is uh, waiting for the first airplane to get here, which is on its way from Maui. So we decided to go uh, make a McDonald's run <laughs> and uh, currently debating what we should get. Is it breakfast? Is it fourth meal? I don't know. I'm going to call this breakfast. You're going to call it, well, yeah. for your body, in, on Atlanta time. Right. All right, we'll call it breakfast, but we're going to get a little food for the team and then head back at it and try and stay awake. Yeah, I think, you know, another couple of hours or two hours and 20 minutes from now, uh, that first arrival from Maui, docks over at T3. It's a uh, it's a milestone. The team here has been planning this move for about 13 months, and a lot of effort and elbow grease goes into something like this. So, what do you think? Tears? We're we gonna see tears when it gets there. Uh, I I would not be surprised if there is a few tears. All right, we'll have to get that on video. All right, time to order food. You can probably hear in my voice just how tired I was getting at that point middle of the night lull it's it's tough but you know sausage egg McMuffin and a hash brown oh yeah that did it and after hanging around we went back out to the terminal a funny thing happened it, it still felt like the middle of the night it was before 4 a.m. but passengers had started to show up they'd heeded the warnings that the airport gave that get there really really early the Delta's counter wasn't even supposed to be open until 4 here are these people standing there waiting to check bags and the Delta logo is not even up on the counter yet. So I chatted with someone who was standing around waiting for it to open with a little kid. I did not think she was going to be happy, but she really wasn't phased. So what's your name? First name's fine. Suzanne. Suzanne. And you are here. It is It is not even 4 o'clock right now. Is Did you heed the warnings that they were saying to get here early, or is this just uh, normally how you... This is not normal practice. Okay. We were definitely here earlier than usual. So you knew that there was a terminal issue and you said, all right, we're yes, going to get here. They, they sent me an email Okay. Um, telling us to be here around three hours early okay. for domestics and four hours for international. And where are you going today? Going to visit my mom in Minnesota. Okay. So what time is your flight? 6.20. Oh, so yeah, you're, this is pretty early. <laughs> so. With a three-year-old and my lovely cousin volunteered to take us. That's oh you're not even going anywhere. No. Oh my gosh, that's. I need more hands than that, what I've got. I yeah. I have a three year old and a five year old. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> so uh, was getting any was the signage fine? Did it all make sense at least, or is it not? No. We were at Terminal Two and just walked. Oh, who said Terminal Two? Like the email? Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh. And then they, they sent me a text this morning stating that they said, read airport signs. That's, they well, didn't? No, but then they sent me one after we've already been here that it said gate, or terminal three. Oh, okay. So, well, you're here now. We're here. And they're, they're, they're not quite ready yet for you. <laughs> Is this frustrating waiting for this, or are you a little no, more patient today? Like. and I'm glad it's not as crazy as I anticipated. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Thank you. And I'm afraid that's the last interview I was able to get. The airport started to wake up pretty quickly after that. The first arrival came in, everyone got off, 
They were blinded by a sea of green-vested ask-me folks trying to help them get where they were going. It, it turned into an airport, and there really wasn't much drama. With the early morning sun beating down, I wandered back over to the ticket counter to see if I could get one of the Delta Frontline folks to chat with me, but that wasn't going to happen. You might think it's because it was crowded, but it wasn't. Lines had moved quickly, everything was smooth, there was no issue. I'm guessing it's a combination of the uh, Delta Media policy, which like most companies is don't talk to the press, and, well, you know, think about how it's gone for people who've been recorded that work for airlines lately. Not so good. And so I headed home. It was a fascinating night to see all this, and hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. Remember to support our sponsor, Bob's Moving Crates. Delta certainly would have if it were a real company. And if you want to be a real sponsor, cf at crankyflyer.com. Thanks for listening.